Good morning and a very warm welcome to Heartlands here on Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And today, folks, we have a slightly different show because today I am going to read a couple of letters that have been sent to me. And each one of these are actually reflections, people's thoughts on their reading of scripture that they decided to share with me. But first, we will have a reading from God's word as we listen to Charlize reading to us from Psalm 45. Thank you, Charlize. We're reading from Psalms 45. My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. You are the most excellent of men and your lips have been anointed with grace since God has blessed you forever. Gird your sword on your side, you mighty one. Clothe yourself with splendor and majesty. In your majesty, ride forth victoriously in the cause of truth, humility and justice. Let your right hand achieve awesome deeds. Let your sharp arrows pierce the hearts of the king's enemies. Let the nations fall beneath your feet. Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be a scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. All your robes are fragrant with myrrh and aloes and cassia, from palaces adorned with ivory, the music of the strings makes you glad. Daughters of kings are among your honoured women, at your right hand is a royal bride in gold of Ophir. Listen, daughter, and pay careful attention. Forget your people and your father's house. Let the king be enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your lord. The city of Tyre will come with the gift. People of wealth will seek your favor. All glorious is the princess within her chamber. Her gown is interwoven with gold. In embroidered garments she is led to the king. Her virgin companions follow her. Those brought to be with her. Led in with joy and gladness, they enter the palace of the king. Your sons will take the place of your fathers. You will make them princes throughout the land. I will perpetuate your memory through all generations. Therefore the nations will praise you forever and ever. So, the first letter that I received was from a person called Stephen Green. And he was writing some thoughts about the person of Ruth, who is a lady who can be found in the Old Testament. There's a small book in the Old Testament called Ruth. Only four chapters long, and this is his reflection on it after him reading it. Ruth is gleaning food in the fields as a foreigner, and she stumbles onto the field of Boaz. They meet, but she has no idea that he's going to be the redemption of her life, and doesn't see her story as beautiful. Her Redeemer is right there, but hidden from her heart. God already had the answer before she saw it. And for you, in your hardest and lowest times, the most beautiful things are happening. When you look back, you see that God already had the answer waiting for you, but you didn't see it, but it was right there. People are blessed with great testimonies, and what makes these testimonies so beautiful is that when it seems hopeless, God was right there. 
God's beautiful flowers germinate in darkness when you don't feel anything. Bless him anyway, because he's there. Learn to start thanking God now before you see the answer. Rejoice that it's there and you'll see it, because in your darkest times the Redeemer is waiting. Messiah in disguise, right there in your midst. He's waiting for you to rejoice and give God the glory before you see it. Shalom blessings, Stephen. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill, where we are looking at various letters different folks have sent to me and I am sharing their thoughts and reflections because that's what they are actually are on the radio with you this morning. And also, we look forward to a reflection from Pastor Phil again towards the end of the show. The next letter I want to share with you is from Brian Thompson. And this is quite an epistle. This is what he goes and says. Hi Nigel, how are you? I just wanted to share something with you which I hope will be of help. Satan's weapon lies. Satan came to Eve as the serpent, the subtle deceiver. This is the serpent of old who is called the devil and Satan who deceives the world. Revelation 12 and verse 9. There is no truth in him for he is a liar and the father of lies. John 8 and verse 44. It is important that you notice the steps Satan took in getting Eve to believe his lie. First he questions God's word. Indeed, has God said... He did not deny that God had spoken. He simply questioned whether God had really said what Eve thought he had said. Perhaps you misunderstood what God spoke, is Satan's suggestion. You owe it to yourself to rethink what he said. It is worth noting that in his suggestion, Satan is also questioning God's goodness. If God really loved you, he wouldn't keep something from you. He tried the same approach with our Lord in the wilderness. If you are God's beloved son, why are you hungry? Satan denies God's word. You surely shall not die. It is but a short step from questioning God's word to denying it. Of course, neither Adam nor Eve had ever seen death. All they had to go on was the word of God. But this was all they needed. If Eve had not listened to Satan's questioning God's word... She would never have fallen into his trap when he denied God's words. Satan substituted his own lie. You will be like God. Adam and Eve were already made in the image of God, but Satan tempted them with an even greater privilege to be like God. This was, of course, Satan's great ambition when he was Lucifer, God's angelic servant. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to earth, you who weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. And I will sit on the mount of the assembly in the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Isaiah 14 Verses 12 to 14. Brian continues, Satan is a created being, a creature, but he wants to be worshipped and served 
like the Creator. It was this attitude that led him to rebel against God and seek to establish his own kingdom. You will be like God is one gigantic lie that has controlled civilization ever since the fall of man. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, literally the lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. So Satan desires worship and service, and Jesus would give him neither. And how did Eve respond to Satan's approach? She responded by making three mistakes that led her into sin. She took away from God's word. In verse 2, Eve omitted the word freely, God's original word in Genesis 2.16, was from any tree of the garden you may eat freely. We get the impression that Eve caught Satan's subtle suggestion, God is holding out on you. When you start to question or forget the grace of God and the goodness of God, you will find it much easier to disobey the will of God. And she added to God's word. We did not find the words or touches in God's original command. They may have been there, but they are not in the record. Not only did Eve make God's original word less gracious by omitting the word freely, but she also made the commandment more grievous by adding or touching it. His commands are not burdensome. Satan wants us to believe that they are burdensome and that he has something better to offer. The third thing is that she changed God's word. God did not say, lest you die. He said, for in the day that you eat from it, you will surely die. The penalty for disobedience, as presented by the enemy, did not seem as harsh. Therefore, Eve could consider forsaking God's will and obeying Satan's will. Once you have treated God's word in this fashion, you are wide open for the devil's final trick. He merely permitted Eve to consider the tree apart from God's word. Get a look at it. See it as it really is. It was good for food. A delight to the eyes. Desirable for making one wise. She had to make a choice. God's word or Satan's word. And she rejected God's word, believed Satan and sinned. But you and I have suffered from the consequences of her decision, as has the whole human race. God accomplishes his will on earth through faith. Satan accomplishes his purpose through lies. When the child of God believes God's word, then the Spirit of God can work in power, for the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of truth. But when a person believes a lie, then Satan goes to work in that life, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Faith in God's truth leads to victory. Faith in Satan's lies leads to defeat. However, Satan never advertises, this is a lie. He is the serpent and the deceiver, and he always masquerades his lies as God's truth. This is an extract taken from the Strategy of Satan by Dr. Warren Wearsby. God bless, Brian. Folks, there's a lot to think about in what we have just been reading in Brian's letter to us. So, do you believe that we are people who have been duped?
lied to. Bible goes and says in Psalm 119 and verse 105, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let me ask this question in light of what Brian wrote to us. Do we actually take God at his word? Let me leave that thought with you. Welcome back to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill, where we are looking at various letters different folks have sent to me and I am sharing their thoughts and reflections because that's what they are actually are on the radio with you this morning. And also we look forward to a reflection from Pastor Phil again towards the end of the show. Owen wrote to me and he shared a reflection that was sent to him by his friend. This is entitled, Slow Down and Be Patient with Life. If you're looking for wealth, somebody else is looking for health. If you're looking for health, somebody else just died. If you're looking for power, somebody else has acquired and used it. And he or she is now powerless. Each time you drive a fancy car, somebody somewhere is dying in a car crash. Each time a new mansion springs from the earth, a new grave is dug below the earth. Each time you throw away a morsel, somebody else somewhere is searching for a morsel just to survive. Each time you throw food into the dustbin, somebody else is looking for a remnant of food to eat. Each time you ask God to promote or change your present situation, somebody else is praying to get to your situation. For each smile on the planet, there is a tear in another place on the planet. For each celebration of childbirth, there are tears of burial. So always be thankful. Owen's reflection reminds me of that passage of scripture taken from Owen's thoughts remind me of the passage of scripture found in Ecclesiastes in chapter 3, which is very familiar to most of us. A time for everything. There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build. A time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather them, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away, a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war, and a time for peace. What do workers gain from their toil? I have seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live. Each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. 
I know that everything that God does will endure forever. Nothing can be added to it or taken from it. God does it so that people will fear him. Amen. Reading from Psalms 30. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord my God, I called to you for help, and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead, and you spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. When I felt secure, I said, I will never be shaken. Lord, when you favored me, you made my royal mountain stand firm. But when you hid your face, I was dismayed. To you, Lord, I called. To the Lord, I cried for mercy. What is gained if I am silenced, if I go down to the pit? Will the dust praise you? Will it proclaim your faithfulness? Hear, Lord, and be merciful to me. Lord, be my help. You turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. Welcome back to Heartlands. Now it is time for Pastor Phil to share with us his final instalment on the person of Jonah, looking at Jonah chapter 4. Thanks for joining me again today on Treasuring Jesus. We've been going through the story of the Old Testament prophet Jonah. We're coming towards the end of it and everybody likes to have a happy ending to a story, uh, don't we? You know, after an exciting fight, the bad guys are beaten and the hero and the woman he loves ride off into the sunset. and Everybody leaves the cinema with a warm, happy feeling. Unhappy endings are less satisfactory, aren't they? We come to Jonah chapter 4 from the start. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. So he prayed to the Lord and said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore I fled previously to Tarshish. For I know that you're a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. Therefore now, O Lord, please take my life from me, for it's better for me to die than to live. And the Lord said, Is it right for you to be angry? So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat under it in the shade, till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord prepared a plant and made it come up over Jonah so that it might be shade for his head to deliver him from his misery. So Jonah was very grateful for the plant. But as morning dawned the next day, God prepared a worm, and it so damaged the plant that it withered. And it happened when the sun arose that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat down on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. Then he wished death for himself and said, It's better for me to die than to live. Then Jonah, uh, God said to Jonah, Is it right for you to be angry about the plant? And he said, It is right for me to be angry, even to death. But the Lord said, 
you have had pity on the plant for which you have not laboured nor made it grow, which came up in a night and perished in a night. And should not I pity Nineveh, that great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern between their right hand and their left, and much livestock? So why was Jonah having a sulk at his own pity party? Truth is, he had with great gusto preached a message of judgment and now sat down to watch the show, an afternoon matinee of fire and brimstone. But the show was cancelled and Jonah was furious. His prophetic prediction hadn't come to pass, making him, so he thought, look like a fool as well as a false prophet. God had, as Jonah had feared, shown mercy to pagans. Pagans who hated his own people and deserved to be hit by a salvo of lightning bolts from heaven. And so Jonah became God's sulking servant. Preaching prophet became a pouting prophet. Then God whispers in Jonah's ear, Are you justified in being angry? And then later, How come you get so upset over a withering plant and you don't care about thousands of people in Nineveh? And Jonah could give no answer to that. I sometimes wonder if there are certain individuals or groups of people we'd rather God didn't save. Thank you very much. Because of who they are, because of what they have done, they shouldn't get away with it. They should get what's coming to them. Remember what happened when the prodigal son came home. That happy ending was soured by the elder brother who was sure the prodigal didn't deserve his father's mercy. Bible commentator Warren Wearsby observes that in chapter 1 of this book, Jonah is like the prodigal. And in chapter 4, he's like the elder brother. The book of Jonah may be one of what we know as the minor prophets. But folks, its message is not minor. God loves all people. Even those who are different from us. Even those who dislike us. Even those who even hate and oppose us. And in Jesus. God's mercy is available to all. Even to those you might be thinking of right now. We bow together in prayer. Lord we thank you that our Saviour came to seek and to save us. Those who were lost. We ask that you will give us love and concern for those still under condemnation who need to hear of a Saviour's love. And we bring our prayer in his worthy name. Amen. Thanks again for joining me in Treasuring Jesus. Next time we'll be beginning a a new series. And until then, keep treasuring Jesus. God bless. So folks, all that's left for me to say is thank you for listening to Heartlands here in Midlands 103 with me, the Reverend Nigel Gill. And I hope you've enjoyed the show with the various letters and comments that have been sent to me. And my thanks to Owen and to Stephen and to Brian for letting me share their thoughts with you. And also my thanks to 
fill for his reflection again this day that we have just been listening to. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, show you grace and turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen.